0: Uh, see, there you go. If you pick the right mic, that was my problem. I picked the right mic. You can actually hear me. Can you hear me now? Let's give us some Verizon. All right, there we go. All right. You know, the more people that volunteer, the easier this gets. And, you know, maybe we yeah, anyway. All right, here we go. Now we're on. Uh, it's is kind of fun. I, uh, I was <laughs> leading leading up to this week and um, God does some things for you. And he reminds you of those things and certain things in your life that you need to work on. Right? And he'll do it in kind of the most subtle way. And, and I went the other day, so I work for Nelnet during the week, you know, and that's, that's like a corporate plug, I guess, so we probably can't do that. But anyway, um, <laughs> I run next door and I, and I'm getting a snack and I, I just grab a Snickers and I, I walk over to the register and, uh, Crystal's husband, Lewis, is working the register that day and he grabs the Snickers and he scans it, he looks down and he just starts laughing. I said, what are you laughing for? takes the candy bar, he turns it around, says sarcastic. I said, okay, God, I get it. I do, if you know me, I have a little bit of a sarcastic sense of humor. And so, you know, and I'm just glad like the day I grabbed like a Coke, it didn't say princess or something like that. So I'm just very thankful. Um, but, But, so I was trying to score some bonus points and I grabbed Heather a candy bar and it said the word hot on it. So be very careful when you're doing things to give to your wife. Because the rest of the phrase that I missed, it said hot mess. And I'm not kidding. Like, I actually grabbed it. I'm like, well, that's not going to end well. So I had to find a pin and scratch that out. And so I had to work on two things that day, apparently my sarcasm and uh, and my attention skills. So, uh, you know, anyway. All right, let's just pray this morning real quick. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for our day today. Father, thank you for this time together. We can just dive into your word uh, Lord, just uh, let these words be yours this morning, Father, and just, uh, Lord, that, that what we need to take from today, Lord, just imprint it on our hearts and our minds, uh, that we can take it with it as we go out of this place today, uh, into our places of business and everywhere that we go, uh, Father, that we can use it for your service. In Jesus' name we pray this morning, amen. All right, this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to uh, Acts chapter 3. We're going to read the first little bit of Acts chapter 3, um, and here we go. Verse 1 says this, Peter and John went into the temple one afternoon to take part in the three, o'clock, um, uh, the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the, the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked up at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I do not have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ uh, the Nazarene, come on, get up and walk. That's some pretty good news, isn't it? I love that. Get up and walk. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand, helped him up, um, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising. When they realized he was the lame beggar uh, they, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They rushed out of amazement to Solomon's colonnade, or Solomon's porch in other versions, Um, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and to John. We're going to talk this morning about being miraculous. Come on, you know, miracles are a big part of the Bible. And a lot of time we get off like topic a little bit with miracles and people see them and some funny things come up with miracles. But God shows us throughout the Bible, there are miracles. There are bona fide things that can be done. And we know, and I can tell you, you know, when, when, when a miracle is involved, when I see this, there's usually two or three parties that are always involved when it comes to a real miracle, right? First, in this particular story, you know, there, well, there's people who try and do things and force things and do it the wrong way, right? Let, let's start there. How many agree? Have we seen that? Okay. I was looking some stuff up on the internet and some guy was actually talking about miracles through thumping. And I'm not kidding you. He's doing this like, I believe I can have a miracle. I believe And my God, I believe. And he's doing this thing for like 15 minutes, just thumping. I'm like, what in the world has that got anything to do with scripture and miracles? And it kind of got me off. And then you think about, you read through the scripture and you find these guys that, that try and do things in Jesus' name without him. You know, the seven sons of Sceva, they try and produce a miracle by casting a demon out of this guy. And what ends up happening? You know, the demon for their trouble beats the snot out of seven guys, strips them naked, throws them in the street and says, have a nice day. Why? Because they did it the wrong way. If you read this scripture, it shows us the right way how it's involved. First, you start with Peter and John. In this particular story, there's three parties involved. The first one is Peter and John. Here's the thing that they did. They said they were in a place. You think about this. They're in a place that they're used to going. Other, other versions, the way you read it, it says they were going as they, as they were accustomed to. So that means this was not their first time to walk into that three o'clock hour prayer service. This is the place that they knew they were supposed to be. It was time to pray. So first they were where they needed to be. But in doing so, this means that they've seen that guy before, right? This is not the first time that they walked past that man sitting there asking for money. But they were involved. The second person that's involved is the lame man. Come on, it says he spent his whole life there daily being brought to that place. From the time, basically, he was old enough to be able to talk to people and ask for money. He's been there for a long time. But thirdly, when we get down to who's involved, so this would be, you know, we try and do things. This is where the seven sons of Sceva stopped, right? It was man, and man was involved. But with Peter and with John, there was a third party involved. Jesus was involved. Amen? It wasn't just them. They said, it it wasn't them that did it. They, they didn't take credit for that. They, they were this man was healed through them, not healed by them. Amen. And a lot of people didn't understand that when they were watching this in the early in the in, you know when Jesus' ministry and in the in the early church they weren't quite getting it because it was happening through them, not by them. And there's a very big distinction there. And so Jesus was involved. But when we go to be miraculous, I want to tell you. There's two sides to every miraculous too though, right? So you got different parties, there's two sides. A lot of times there's the person that's praying. That could be you, but there's the person that's praying for the miracle and there's the person that needs the miracle, right? And in that, we need to do some things to be miraculous. I have some B's here for you this morning, okay? First, we need to be present. Come on, we got to be present. There was, I, I was, I was, um, was watching some videos. You know, Facebook is uh, like a dangerous thing, right? You can waste a lot of time and there's a lot of rabbit trails. <laughs> anyway, so I'm sitting there and I start watching this. There was, a, there was a little thing with with Vin Diesel. So how many of you have watched Fast and Furious? Don't raise your hands. I don't really want to know. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, the, Vin Diesel from the Fast and Furious and and Paul Walker, which, you know, was the guy that, that played opposite him for most of the movies before, you know, the this tragic death a few years ago. And And, and it was, it was there in the middle of a day of filming and, uh, you know, Diesel's just off his game for the day. Just something isn't right, but you know, he's pushing through a lot of people didn't really notice. So he's back in his trailer and he's just trying to decompress and, and this guy, Paul Walker comes along and he comes into his, into his, you know, into his camper and he says, Hey, he says, what's going on with you? He says, I know you. So we've been around each other for a long time. What's going on? Something's not right. And he says, well, he says, man, he says, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine. He says, come on, you can't fool me. We've been around each other a long time now. I know when you're not right, what's wrong. And he goes, man, he says, to be honest, he says, you got this tough guy thing, and I'm trying to be this tough guy, and I'm trying to push through work and all this. But he says, my wife right now is at the hospital and going to have our baby. And Walker looked at him and says, he says, you got to go. He says, you need to be present. He says, "For the rest of your life, if you are not in that place where you should be, you will regret that because you will miss something that you should have been there for." And you know, when it comes to a miracle, we need to be present because sometimes we're not in the place that we should be. Right? I want you to think about this. Zacchaeus, you get this little guy, Zacchaeus. Come on, how many? How many remember this story? How many can probably sing the little kid song from when we were younger? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he anyway all right we'll go any further a right, good most of you had that one all right so Zacchaeus right he comes along and, he, and really he's not even there to do much other than to be a looky-loo right I mean he's down here and he's like I'm behind everybody I can't see anything so I'm gonna go a little further down you tall people this is getting annoying he goes farther down finally finds a tree just so he can get up and merely get a glimpse. It doesn't say that he was there to ask Jesus a question. It doesn't say that he was there to get a miracle. It doesn't say that he was there to actually get his attention and do anything. He just said he wanted to see this man named Jesus. He just wanted to be present where that man was. Didn't care anything else other than just to be present right there. And, and, you know, Jesus being a, Good guy that he is he invites himself over how many of you have friends that do that and that's actually annoying like Hey, i'm coming to your house for dinner today. All right? right merle. We're coming over No, okay. All right, so But jesus how many if jesus comes up and you says i'm coming to your house today for dinner You're throwing out an extra plate, right? And so, you know, we know what happens there the two of them and and and, and jesus heals him because he was present that day He could have just gone, well, man, this is a big crowd. It's not worth it. You know, I mean, I already know that I'm like a foot shorter than everybody and I'm not going to be able to see anything here. I'm just going to go home. But he stayed the course and he was present and was able to see Jesus. And that day he received salvation because when you come in the presence of God and you get a touch of God, you get changed regardless amen and he was right there and, he, and it was i mean i don't even think jesus had to point it out he just said god i've cheated people i mean he just starts confessing things i've cheated people you know I, I mean that's you know that's that's the ultimate power to have just people just start pouring out these things you're like okay well now i know thank you all right like jesus was surprised when he said it you know but he said i've cheated people i'm gonna give half to charity i'm gonna give seven times to everybody that i took from da, da, da. i mean instantly healed that day So think about this. Go back to verse 1. Peter and John showed up, right? They showed up. That was the place that they knew they had to be. Come on, they were present because it says at the 3 o'clock hour of prayer. It wasn't like something that just came up this one time. This was a known thing. This is a place to be. The temple is open, and there is an hour of prayer, and people would go there. They were present when they needed to be present. But think about this from the lame man's side so maybe you're the side that has to have a miracle you need to be present too you need to be where people are right come on that that are that are going to have the same faith or even a greater level of faith than you so where was he at he was at the temple every day in that same spot because he knew that was the place to be right So he had to be present as well. There's a responsibility, even on those of us looking for a miracle, there is a responsibility on us too. We don't just, you know, sit in the armchair and put the feet up. We have things to do too while we're waiting for that miracle to come through. He had to be present. Come on. Amen? All right. Come on, along with that, we need to be persistent. We don't give up. Right? Because you've got to have a never-give-up attitude. I, I love, in uh, in Luke chapter 18, there's an awesome story of a woman that's looking for justice. She goes to a judge, um, and he's he's a you know pretty well-known judge. Probably has his own TV show, you know, like, like these other ones. You get to see Judge Judy in the afternoon or a few of these others, right? But this is a very well-known judge, and this woman comes in and says, okay, there is this person that's against me, and I know that they're in the wrong, and I need justice. And she brings her case, and the, and the scripture is very, very clear. It says, the man does not respect God nor people. He did not believe in God, did not respect people. So here's a man who could care less. She comes in and she goes, look, there's this thing wasn't big enough to really register on his radar. So that's fine. Move along. And she keeps coming back and she keeps coming back. She's being persistent. She keeps coming back. Now, women don't take this to your men and say, see, nagging works. That's not what she was doing. Okay. I'm just saying she was being persistent because she knew that there was justice to be had. She knew That something was in the wrong and she knew that a wrong had to be right that she went and was doing it Through the court and finally The judge comes around and says look Here's the thing. I don't even all of that. You believe in god. That's great But here's the thing I will see that you get your justice Because She was so persistent That he didn't want to have to keep dealing with that because I can guarantee you You know, it's, it's like getting a word from god. You don't let that go she got a word, and she was not going to let that thing go. She was going to keep going and going and going until that was fulfilled. Amen? Amen? you think about this, it just hit me. When think about it, getting a word from God and staying persistent, come on. Pastor Eleanor, how long that they got that word from God that, she, or not her, I was, sorry, I'm thinking, um, well, yeah, Pastor Eleanor and the orphanage. Come on, how long she had to sit and stay and hold on to that word. God said, here is your word. And she stayed persistent with that. It's okay, God, now. Nope, that's fine. Okay, God, now. Nope, that's fine. Okay, God, now. And she stayed and she stayed and she stayed and we all see what has happened now. There's an amazing work that's going on. But because she stayed persistent and didn't just drop it. Come on, the lame man was there day after day after day after day. You know how, I mean, if you can't get up and get around, that just had to be demoralizing. You got to be bored out of your mind because you can't do anything other than sit in that spot till somebody picks you up and moves you. You're there. But day after day, he still said, okay, let's go. Because it was him really that drove it, right? I mean, he was in the driver's seat. Any day he could have just said, you know what, I've had enough. Just let me sit where I'm going to be. Let me die where I'm at. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just not worth going in but he said no i want to keep going and even though here's the here's what i think is really cool he stayed persistent he stayed there but even though god had not healed him he was still provided for think think about that right and people go man this guy just had it bad he was lame from birth he never could do god still provided for him regardless He still provided a miracle on a daily basis of somebody coming by and giving them enough for bread and food every day, maybe a place to stay every day. God had that for him. If he had not come back, you know, here's the thing, too. The people that were there had to be listening to God's voice as well to go over and do that. Because if they hadn't been giving, he wouldn't have come back either. Come on, if God's people weren't living up to the word that they were supposed to at that point... What's the purpose of me coming here versus anywhere else? I'll find a street corner closer to my house than having to be moved all the way to this temple and sat down in front of these gates here. But God impressed on enough people, he was able to live. I think that's really cool. But not only do we need to be present and persistent, you know, doing those, when when you got to be something, you got to do something too, right? In order to be something. If I'm going to be in shape, I got to go to the gym. You know, there's like a direct correlation, right? Like I can't just look at the weight rack and go, yep. I don't know why it's not working, but yep. You know, I got an exercise bike that's sitting in my basement that has kids toys draping off of it. I have no idea why my cardio is bad. It's there. It's being used. Maybe not for the right purpose. I got to do something about it, right? So I got to be present. I got to be persistent if I'm going to be in that place. But thirdly, you got to be intentional. Or for, Yeah, thirdly, think about this. Be intentional. With whatever you do, be intentional. You take a, you take a look at what happened there, and it says that, you know, they, they were walking in. Here's Peter and John. They're walking in. And again, they saw this guy every single day. But this was a different day. It said that Peter focused on him, right? They knew he was there. But Peter actually focused on him and looked at him. There was intent that something was going to happen that day. Today I'm talking to you. I'm coming after you. There was full on intention that happened. Now here's the thing. And he told him and he spoke to him and he says, here, look at me. Okay. Now the lame man had a choice at that point. He could have just said, okay. Again, beaten down by the fact that you're there every single day and people are walking by you and you're not healed and you're knowing that this is God's house and why am I not walking in with everybody else? But he had a choice to be intentional and he said he looked up eagerly because he believed something was coming. Now, his end was not the same end that God had for him, but he intently said, oh, hey, somebody has my attention. Yes. And he looks up at him. He was very intent on what he said he was going to do. So when they said get up and walk, what did he do? I mean, come on, you you imagine this—you're sitting there, lame from birth, and they said, "Okay, give me your hand now, get up." <laughs> really? Like, like I can't feel my knees, my ankles, my feet. I'm just going to stand up, really? You know? Okay, have a nice day. You guys are weird, man. Like, like I know you guys have followed Jesus, man. I've seen some things. Y'all yeah, a little weird, right? But no. But he was intentionally, he says, okay, he says, he reached up and he grabbed his hand and they pulled him up. And it was a step of faith that went from sitting here to here that brought his healing. Come on, sometimes our step of faith, we never put that hand out. Somebody comes across our path and says, okay, come on, let's do this. Okay. Well, where's your faith? You're still sitting right? We need to get our faith moving. Amen? Amen? I I think about, you know, I think about the parable of the rich young ruler with this, right? He comes up to Jesus, says, man, I've done all these great things, and I've, I've helped the poor. I've followed all these rules. What do you want me to do? And he says, there's just one last thing. You've done great. That's all wonderful. But just take everything you have and sell it and give it away. Give everything away. Did he have the intention he said he did all these things But when it came to that point of decision of being very intent on what he did He said he walked away with his head down Now did he ever do it? We don't know but at that point the decision seemed pretty clear He said he just walked away from jesus head hanging down wonder if the story would have been different what we would have seen or read about that guy if he would have said you know what god you bet it you bet right now get my broker he's going to kill me but get my broker empty the 401k i know the guy is going to flip out when i empty this 401k that's fine i get it like all my investments are gone my real estate guy is just going to kill himself because now he doesn't have any of these properties to manage anymore that's all gone sell it all what we would have seen out of that guy different who knows but again, we go back to the lame man. What did he do? He was intent. He took their hand. He stood up, filled with faith and filled with hope. And hope's a big word, right? We can go a long time on hope. But a lot of times we use the word hope in the wrong way, right? Well, I hope so. What do you mean? I hope so. You know, have you have you guys seen? How many of you seen the the, the short little video clip um, about about Alexa? For old people have you seen that oh it's the funniest thing come on you guys will have to look this up and all these people alexa finally answers their question and instead of saying okay they're like i don't know about that right that's what hope means when you say well i hope so i don't know about that well yo, know, we'll, we're gonna pray for healing well i hope it happens all you're saying is like well i don't know if it's gonna happen maybe Come on, you got a person of faith standing there praying with you, believing that whatever that ailment is or that job that's needed or whatever that miracle that needs to be delivered, and you go and throw cold water on it and just say, okay, whatever. When you stand in true hope, you are having a a step of belief that stands behind that, and it's a deep-seated belief that God can live up to His Word versus just, I don't know about that, we'll see. So at that point, that guy put that faith into action and stood up. Come on, to be honest, sometimes we aren't intentional in our walk of faith, right? Come on, if we're if we're there, we're present, we're persistent. You know, think about this: the the the, the apostles were, those disciples were in the beginning of the church. You read this; it says that they were coming into the temple daily in that hour of prayer. They were meeting house to house. That means on a weekly basis. They were probably meeting three to four times a week for church things, minimum, outside of everything else that they were trying to do. They were intent about their walk of faith and leading people along and being built up in faith. You know, so when it comes to being intent, you know, what you think about this? When we get to that point, if we're very intentional about it, I'll, I'll be honest, sometimes like even we need to be present at small group. Amen. This is going to hurt a little because I'm talking to myself. There's those nights. Where are the guys from my small group? Lauren, don't take this the wrong way. Okay. Um, But honestly, there's some Wednesdays where I come up to my small group and just go, oh, Lord, do I really want to do this tonight? But you know what? I know that it's full well worth getting together with these guys because at the end of this, we're all built up when it's done because I, I take the choice to be intentional so that we sit down and we pray and we're going through some word we encourage each other we pray for each other That's why we step into this small group together. We are intentional in our walk of faith Amen, and if we're intentional think about this The next time that god asks you to do something that may be a little out of your comfort zone It'll be easier to do Right if he says hey by the way I want you to go and I need you to go to a missions trip in the middle of guatemala On top of a mountain where they have no running water go Go some of you might go, well, uh, uh God, are you sure? You know, come on, if you're present, you're persistent, you're intentional, you know his voice, and you're gonna do that thing. Because at the other side, you know something good's gonna come out of it. You might be uncomfortable the whole time you're there. They might not serve a single thing that you like to eat while you're there. But when you come back, your faith is gonna be stronger. There's something in your spirit, man, that's gonna change. And you never know, you may pray for somebody down there and you are the front side of the miraculous. Come on, you get to pray for somebody that's been waiting by that front door day after day after day for you to walk by and be intentional. you walk by i mean this is you know you talk to pastor chris i mean you talk to anybody who's been on the missions field and and andy i mean some of the things right when you go and god just says go talk and go pray for that person you don't even know why and you go pray for him and something happens because you were intentional god was able to move right there and boom but finally uh, i got one other one there's a little i'm going to throw in a quick freebie you need to be expectant right So if you want a miracle to happen, be expectant for a miracle to happen. Think about it. You know, if you're like, okay, God, I I believe for healing, and then you never pray for it. You know, be, but expect that healing to come, right? That's your freebie. Anyway, be thankful. Come on, I want to think about this. You need to be thankful when the miracle comes. Come on, it causes you to do some things when you're thankful. There is, I heard a story of a king, um, who was, who was going out on a safari and they were, it was actually a big game hunt and, um, and, and something happened and he had a finger that got infected and his servant that was with him tried to fix the finger up and ultimately it got infected really bad and the finger had to be amputated. And, and, well, part of the problem was for this king was this guy was a believer and he prayed for the guy's finger to be healed, worked on it and never got healed and the finger had to be taken off. So the king got very angry and says, okay, says I don't know who you are. I don't know who your God is. I don't even care. I'm going to throw you in prison because this did not work, and I'm highly upset. Throws the man in prison. A little bit later, he runs out, goes out on another big game hunt. He's out in some remote area, and a local indigenous tribe jumps them all. They grab the king. They bring him back. Now, the thing you got to understand about this tribe is they still believe in human sacrifice, right? And they believe that's going to keep their God's happy and so here's this king all strung up ready to be sacrificed and all of a sudden the head chief of that tribe comes running out to stop Says, take a look he said look at that man he's only got nine fingers he can't be a sacrifice he's not perfect he's not whole let him go think about this because that finger was gone the servant prayed that god do what need to be done with that finger The finger had to go. So immediately the king runs back to the prison. He goes to the guard, he goes to the servant who's down in the prison cell and he says, your God protected me. He said, I didn't realize it. I thought this was a bad thing. But he says, I was about ready to be sacrificed. And and all of a sudden the servant starts rejoicing and praising God from the prison cell. And the king's like, are you absolutely out of your mind? You're in a prison cell right now. Why are you rejoiceful? And he says, my God protected me. He said, had I been on that hunt, I had all ten fingers. I would have been the one on that altar. Come on. You gotta be thankful. No matter what your circumstance, you gotta be thankful. Think about that. Back to the lame man. He wasn't done making choices yet. What happened? I mean, think about the lepers. Jesus healed ten lepers. And he says, go show yourselves to the, to the priests. They go and show themselves. How many came back out of 10? One. One was thankful enough to come back and kneel down to Jesus and say, thank you for what you did. He was thankful. Come on, this, this guy right here, this lame guy, had the same choice. You've been sitting down for that long. You have two choices. You're either going to go that way, or you're going to go do some things you haven't done your whole life. I have not stood up. I'm going to be able to, I'm going to go to, like, Burger King and get my own burger instead of sending somebody. Like, I want to walk through and get my own meal. I want to go, who knows, I don't know, skydiving, whatever it is. You know, I think back then you skydive just once. But anyway, bungee jumping wasn't as fun back then. But you do it, you know, at least have some fun doing it. But what did he do? It says he jumped up, praising God, thanking God dancing all the way into the temple come on think about that isn't that amazing he went in happy he wasn't done he said okay this is where my healing came from that that, there's you know this 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 awesome i want you i want you to think about something here this this one got me i was just reading this some more yesterday i started doing a little bit of math okay Think about the book of Acts was written and, and actually covered from around 30 AD to what around 60 or 70 AD. Okay, somewhere at 65 AD. So it's in this range. And that means that this guy, this did not happen until after Jesus passed, which happened in 30 AD. And about the first 12 books of Acts are covered in about, about three years after that. Because it picks up with Paul and the, the rest of the books about Paul over the next 30 years. So that means that this guy, it says that he was 40 years old, around 40 years old. It means this guy saw Jesus, right? He was sitting at the temple gates when Jesus came in and turned the money changers tables over. He was there when Jesus came in, when he was 12 years old and coming in and teaching and, and, and throughout his, throughout his ministry and teaching in that temple, Jesus walked by that guy multiple times same guy sitting there the man that can cure all diseases the man that can cure everything left that guy sitting there for years and years and years but why think about this it was not jesus's miracle to perform on those days he told his disciples he says you're going to do the things that i did in greater he left that for them later Amen. Now think about this. Sometimes when you see a miracle, if it's really early on, he's a little kid, right? Maybe he's healed when he's a little kid. Jesus sees him when he's 12, and that kid's maybe around 12. Maybe they'll just think, okay, uh, it just took a little time to grow out of whatever it was, and now the kid walks. Forty years he sat there. It's a little beyond he just, you know, grew out of it, right? God was setting up something big miraculous. Forty years people had seen him sitting in front of that gate. To know that he stood up and walked in is to know that there was a true miracle that happened. Amen? Amen? It wasn't something they couldn't fake. It, was so, it wasn't something they could fake. It wasn't something they could make up. They could conjure up. People know that man for who he was because for 40 years they saw him there in his condition. Isn't that crazy? But think about that. Jesus would have seen him. But this was, this was the cool thing. Long before he was ever put there... There's, you know, the, 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 there was a lot of law back then, right? Before Jesus, man, there was laws just coming out, you know, all over the place. You have more laws than you could expect. But he had a, there was a law in place that the people were to give alms to the poor. Come on, God already put a law in place for that man to be provided for long before he was sitting there. He was provided for. Long before he was born, God had him covered. And there was also, think about this, that, that, that I'm going to end on this here. So if the worship team, if you guys would come up. There was also a law that said that the infirmed could not enter the temple. How crazy is that? The infirmed couldn't enter the temple. So think about this. For us, unless we are present, persistent, unless we're intentional with people, there's people that are going to be sitting just outside the kingdom, just outside the gates. If we are not intentional and walk up to them and say, hey, you, come here. I got something for you. I don't have money, but what I have, I'm going to give you. That's what Peter and John said. I don't have money, but I'm going to give you something better than money. I don't want to be the reason that someone is sitting right outside the gates and not coming in and worshiping and praising. I don't want to be the reason that someone might miss out on a miracle because I was not present. I was not intentional. Come on, I have responsibilities as much as the person that needs the miracle. Amen? Think about that you were that person once though right all of us were at some point we needed a miracle but when we got it were we thankful are you still thankful amen every time i love this there's some things that have happened in my life and, and man i'm thankful to be here i'm thankful to be standing here i've had back problems i've had all sorts of stuff i've done stuff where i shouldn't be alive today because of my own stupidity and i'm not even kidding but my own, I mean, just my own dumb, thick-headed me. I shouldn't be here today, but come on, there were some miraculous things that were going on around. And every time I think about those things, I'm thankful and I'm encouraged, amen? So I want to encourage you in this one thing today. I want you to think about this, right? When think about your life, think about where you are. You might be Peter, you might be John. You might be the lame man who's sitting over here but regardless when you are blessed you're healed whatever it may be when you do that for someone when you're intentional in every situation come on think about this you need to be thankful but know this that it's not just you who's affected we need to be miraculous it's not just you because people all around you all the people that saw that man came crowding around to find out and say hey wait a minute i know that guy he's did that guy just walk in are you kidding me Like, he's been sitting, no, 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 that can't be him. It affected every one of their faith levels. I can guarantee you that everybody's faith level went up a notch when they saw him walk in. Amen? So we need to be miraculous. We need to be intentional. We need to be present and be thankful. Amen.